0: Close your eyes and open your mind. This is Phantom Nirvana, a Dungeons and Dragons podcast. Our cast is Reagan as Axel Johnson, Michael as Joshua Ames, Ben as Sam Campbell, Kevin as Marcus Burkhead, Phil as the Dungeon Master, and myself, Courtney, as Mallory Reed. Be advised, this story contains dark themes that may not be suitable for some audiences and now we present phantom Firefly. In our last episode, the characters attended the funeral of their friend Lucas and took acid at a museum. This is episode two, Sir George and the Dragon.
1: The knight has his long sword drawn. He reaches up another heavy slash, cutting down into this writhing neck of the dragon, And all at once, you are no longer in the museum. You are pulled through into the world of the painting. You are levitating and you are at the edge of a clearing of tall, waving grass. There are dark black clouds in the sky and you slowly descend to the ground and your bare feet touch down on the mossy loam and the roots of these trees around you. And in the clearing before you is the actual mounted knight. He clutches the dripping longsword. The maiden from the painting stands behind him. The horse, with there's a white dappling on its flanks. The horse stamps its front hooves. You can see it's cold. You suddenly feel cold on you. Why? Because you're not wearing clothes. You have these rough, simple, white cloths you're wearing to cover your your, privates, but you're basically in the nude and it's cold in the forest on this night. And the green dragon from the painting lays lifeless at the feet of this uh, powerful steed and the knight. And they all stand in the center of this this clearing and they are looking directly at you and you hear the voice of this person, this man, he pulls his helmet from his head, a large, you hear a clank of metal, the armor. And he says, where are you? Come out so I can see you.
2: You guys, I, uh, I think I'm feeling it.
0: Yes. Malice looking back over her right shoulder to make sure the arm and leg thing didn't come to.
1: It did not. You look over okay. your back uh, your back shoulder and you see a dark forest, trees extending into the distance. At, at the furthest distance of your view, you see uh, some lights, um, maybe maybe a fire, you're not sure, you can't tell.
0: Is that into the forest, those lights, or are they past the night in the woman?
1: Into the forest. The knight uh, repeats again. Who are you? Where are you? How many are you? Come out so I can see you. Reveal yourselves.
0: Yeah, I'm still holding Josh and Sam's hands, and I'm going to start walking backwards into the trees.
1: Yeah,
3: Axel gets really scared and just runs away,
0: trying to find (laughs) somewhere to hide.
1: (sighs) Okay, Axel, no. Where are you going?
3: In the bush or something, man. Leave me alone.
1: You turn to, to speak to Axel, Josh, and what do you see? Axel, can you, can you, can you tell me what, what Josh sees as he turns to look at you as you scamper off into the woods? He sees
3: a very, very small being, very short being. There's some long silver hair and even longer hair poking out the little white area, little white bit of uh, cloth we got on.
1: Josh, you realize that that's not Axel. Or not the axle that you knew. And it prompts you to look down towards yourself. What do you see when you look at yourself?
4: I see uh, a much bigger belly than I had. What was just a little, a little tum now is like a, a basketball. And also notice that my beard is longer and like patchier and just kind of ragged. Uh, like birds would be living in it or something. And I'm closer to the ground. I'm like a foot shorter. I, 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 I turn uh, t- to Mal. I say, what is going on? I don't think I should have taken the acid. What do
1: you see when you look at Mal? Tell us, Courtney.
0: Well, Mal is now looking down, far down at Joshua and his scraggly beard. And Joshua is looking up at Mal, who seems to have lifted a few inches and who has sort of pearlescent gray skin and short, spiky, dark hair. And Mal looks down to where she's holding Josh's hand and over to her other weirdly gray hand holding Sam. And what does she see?
5: As she and the others look over at Sam, they see what looks remarkably a lot like Sam. Not not much different. Although, if anything, looking five to ten years older, hair a little bit thinner, face a little bit rounder. And now
0: that Mal's a little taller, she thinks to herself, yeah, he really does look older. The knight gets down from his horse.
1: And uh, and he says, um, you can tell your friend to come back. Come back right now. I want to speak to all of you. Who are you and whence have you come?
2: Uh, Marcus steps forward. <laughs> Hello, good sir. Uh, nice to meet you. Uh, my name is Marcus. Uh, these are my friends. And uh, I'm not quite sure how we got here, dude. <laughs> can you tell you me what? what
1: he sees when he looks at you, Marcus.
2: Uh, Marcus is similar to how he was in the real world. Six foot, two maybe a little thinner, more youthful, upright, confident, bright, cheery with pointed ears.
1: He says, whence have you come? I'm sorry. Could you repeat that? Where have you come from?
0: Mal steps forward next to Marcus and says, we're not entirely sure. We were in Spain, do you have Spain here?
1: I know not this place, and I do not care for the ramblings of madmen.
2: whoa uh t- t- take it easy friend
1: um we uh,
2: we were in a place called Spain, and we were looking at a painting and then shit got all crazy, and we ended up here man so i don't i'm not really sure
1: Where do you think that you are uh
2: Neverland, where I—I don't—I don't know. Is this real? Are you real? What's your name? I am George, George. Sir
1: George of Geriontis, and this is Lady Margaret. And you are in the Hillsard Woodland. Hmm. This is near the Hamlet of Wolfswater. Are you familiar with this place?
2: Not even a little bit.
0: Is this how you treat travelers in your land? We are obviously out of sorts here. We have needs and you've clearly completed whatever this was, uh, rest in peace creature. So if you could show us a little hospitality, that might be kind.
1: Let's have a persuasion check. First
0: roll. roll. Yeah. A 12.
1: What I ask is that you do not disturb this beast, which I have slain. This is my prize, and I intend to take Lady Margaret back and then return to harvest the parts of this beast which are valuable to me.
0: While he is blustering, Mal looks over his shoulder and winks at Lady Margaret.
1: Uh, She would like you to make a persuasion check for her as well. (laughs) (laughs) She would. Non-natural 20. You can see in her eyes that there is some concern and uh, the wink that you give her, she sort of those eyes widen and she looks at you and um, strangely, she sort of sidles closer to the horse and grabs the reins of the horse, which again, George has dismounted from he repeats to you as a group again uh, i can provide you neither shelter or supplies what i ask is that you leave this beast undisturbed is that understood
4: hey mr george uh we're not trying to steal your dragon parts or anything uh we're we're just trying to figure out uh where we are and uh you know i guess if you could point us in the direction of where we might be able to find some clothes or other people that
1: aren't you, uh, that'd, be, that'd be great. Make a persuasion check yourself, Josh. Five. He snorts. <laughs> I have no time for madmen. You are not my responsibility. Do not disturb this beast or you will die by my sword. Come, and he shouts that to the woman. He gets up onto the horse. He reaches down, he pulls her up onto the back. Uh, He gives uh, a kick with his legs. At that exact moment, there is a roll of thunder and a loud crack of lightning rips down from the clouds and strikes this massive pine tree that is on the opposite side of the uh, clearing and it strikes it and the whole tree crack just splits right in twain and bursts into flames it sort of stands alone and these flames just gout up into the sky right there's this plume of smoke suddenly and the rain overhead begins to just really start thundering down and they gallop off past the smoldering pine tree and you are left standing at the edge of the clearing sheltered somewhat from the falling rain by the forest canopy above.
2: Hey guys, you're seeing all this, right? <laughs> Am I the other, like the tree, the, is this is, is this for real?
0: If what you're seeing is a knight in shining armor, who seems to have an unhealthy relationship with his maiden girlfriend and this brutalized beast on the ground and a burning tree. Then, yeah, I'm with you.
2: Yes, quite. Uh, uh, well said, Mallory. Uh, also, does anybody notice my voice is changing? Am I? Is that just something I'm yeah. hearing?
0: It sounds a little more musical. Is it? Yeah, hmm.
2: I, I did. I noticed that too. Uh,
4: that sounds sounds pretty good.
2: Okay. Quite vexing, uh, but as uh, as long as it's not just me, uh, okay. Wow, like
4: there there you go. You're using words like vexing. I mean, that's that's like a, a Jeopardy word.
2: I did. Huh? Yeah. Cool. Axel.
3: Oh, he was in the bush. Would you? he gets out? out of the bush. How far yeah. away was he? He was right next to them in a bush, though. <laughs> okay. <laughs> he was poking his head out the entire
5: time.
0: In my imagination, Axel's little white rag is is like little shorts. Um, <laughs> you, you know more about intoxicants than I think I do. What probably. is happening right now?
3: I don't know, man. I haven't been this fucked up since she probably never. Okay. It's not very
4: reassuring.
0: Well, listen, y'all, for some reason, he didn't want us to mess with this dragon. So I'm pretty curious about the dragon. Make Anybody an investigation
1: else? check, please. Yeah. Can I do that too? Yes sure. Why don't you assist? uh let's have you go ahead uh
5: mal, and make the roll with advantage as those two go to investigate the dragon, Sam speaks up for the first time to josh asking hey josh how are, i mean how how are you how are you feeling we're we're somewhere but i i don't now that we're here i feel okay i feel i mean i don't feel weird despite all everything that's going is that is that, is that usual you know I I don't you know right
4: a moment ago I definitely felt like I was starting to trip uh, but I feel pretty clear-headed now uh, and I gotta say I feel great which doesn't really clear things up uh I mean what's what's really going on here uh, this is either some really good acid or uh, or what can this be real
1: let's have that roll from you, Mal. What was it? Mal rolled an 18. Okay. You you sidle over to the dragon. The beast is definitely dead. Its head is nearly severed from the body. Its eyes are open wide and glistening. The rain is sheeting off of the green shimmering scales Uh, and you rolled an 18. So you also notice that there is a broken half spear laying on the wet grass beside the massive body
0: i pick it up
1: it'll operate like a spear so if you can pull the rules up for that just you won't have the reach it'll
2: just... <laughs> <laughs> you guys got... hey mates <laughs> I, I forgot to mention there was a, a bloke selling kazoos outside the museum and so i got i got a kazoo and it's here hey right that
4: is awesome that
2: <laughs> that lightens the mood it's Thank good, right. You. It's good. Okay. Uh Mal, what 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 is that?
0: Well, as Mal reaches down to pick up this half spear, she unclenches one of her hands and realizes that in the museum when she reached for Josh and Sam, she must have pulled this little piece of rock out of her pocket that she keeps sort of as a touchstone. Somehow it's here with her. Uh, it's a size of a silver dollar chunk of uh, sort of light purple amethyst that her therapist says will help with her anxiety
1: so there's this moment of recognition between mal and marcus that hey i have somehow brought something through and marcus holds up the kazoo and you all are prompted to say hey do i have anything Uh, hey do i have anything uh you look down, Axel, and you notice that you are wearing your uh, foraging pouch. Uh, at, yes. At your hip. And uh, you reach your hand into it, and you find what? Uh, I find a butt of mistletoe and
3: a bit of food. What kind of food? Some kind of meat. Some For his dog, meat. typically, but, you know, okay. he doesn't know where he is now.
1: So what about uh, Josh? Did Josh manage to bring anything through? He's checking.
4: Uh, He's really patting himself down. Can't Uh, seem to
1: find anything, huh? Can't seem to find anything.
5: And Sam, nothing? Nope, Sam is going through the same routine. He's giving actually a quick look on the ground to see if he dropped anything.
1: As you're looking at yourself and kind of checking yourself out, what do you notice about
5: your physique? I would say from my own vantage point, I can't notice too much visually about my physique. That's different but I am feeling a little bit, a little bit tired, a little bit worn out from all of this.
1: Let's uh, let's talk about that spear. Mal holds it out. It's broken. This is obviously a weapon. It's got a diamond shaped point to it. She kind of shows it to the group. The rain is now basically soaking the, the uh, five of you as you're standing there at the edge of this clearing. What do you want to do with the spear?
0: Mal holds it like she has never held a tool in her life, and has no idea how to hold such a thing.
5: I'm imagining that she's holding it closer to a baseball bat than a, one would hold a spear.
0: Um. Does anybody know? I don't. Should we bring this with us? Should we go towards that light in the woods? Should we stay here with the dragon?
4: If we're in a place that has dragons, I think probably uh you know in case there's another one let's keep that spear handy
5: where did where did that where did that knight go i don't really want to follow him but presumably he's going to a place now just logistically he rode across
1: the clearing past the tree which is now billowing smoke you know the, the the flames are being doused by the by the rain so the smoke was sort of billowing into the sky and he ran past he, he rode past that and up and into the mountains there on the other side of the clearing.
5: Is there any sort of road that he took or is No, no road, no specific road
3: And he said he wanted the, the dead dragon corpse for some reason right?
1: He did say not to disturb it and that he was going to harvest some valuable parts of it would I be able to tell if I know which parts are valuable? Why don't you make a nature check, Mr. Druid? Oh. <clears throat> that was a five. You're still jarred jarred from arriving in this in this world, this crazy mixed-up world, and you who who even are you? So no, your wits are not about you to the extent that you can understand what.
3: Hey everybody, this thing completely worthless. Let's just move on. <laughs>
1: You hear oh. in the distance, um breaking the silence of the rain, you hear a howl sound. Is
0: that, uh,
4: is that a dog? Or a coyote? Or a wolf?
2: Uh, I, I, I thought I was the only one that heard that.
0: I think we should assume the largest and hungriest of those. I... Can't help but think, Axel, that there's something valuable about this creature, or else that man would not have been so aggro about it. So, I would like to see if I can break loose a few scales from the dragon.
1: Okay, why don't you go ahead up to it and make, um... I would like you to make either a strength check or a nature check. While
3: she's doing that, would I be able to tell what animal was howling? Make another nature check. That was a 16 for me. That was a nat 20. On the nature yes
1: <laughs> okay mal you're able to pop off three scales three shimmering green scales they're about the size of teacup plates awesome and you've got three of them so you can add those to your inventory they're heavier than they look almost like lead and axel uh with a 20 you are thinking that is some kind of a wolf or a hyena or some kind of um dog-like creature, but that is not a howl that you have have ever heard or seen in your uh, lifetime. Interesting.
3: He's very confused and looks at the ground
0: and says, maybe
3: we should move
4: on. Yeah,
3: I mean... After this musical interview. Yeah, I really am
4: enjoying this so
2: far. What? Sorry, what?
4: Sorry. No, that's great. I just feel happier.
3: Can we make him make a performance check to see if we enjoy it?
1: Yes, I think so. Absolutely. Marcus, let's have a performance check. And was there any uh, spell-related effect that you were going for with that?
2: No, just uh, setting the mood.
1: Just feeling the vibe. <laughs> <laughs> just sort of coping with this change to your reality in the only way you know how. <laughs>
2: I heard uh, the sound of a wolf, and so I was kind of humming a song about wolves. And I rolled a a
1: 10. Uh, It's okay, I guess. Unfortunately, you hear even closer the same yipping. (laughs) And um, through the tall grass, you can see eyes. First two, and then four, and then six eyes. Three sets of eyes emerging from the tall grass. In front of you are three dog-like creatures. They have matted fur. They are dripping from the jaws. Exposed teeth are long incisors. It's just a wretched creature. You can even see parts of their skin is sloughing off and you get this whiff this scent of vinegar and sweat and they yowl and yip and attack and you may roll initiative
0: Thank you for listening to this episode of Phantom Nirvana. Our music is by Seiji, Dying Sons, Houseflies in December, J.D. Garza, and Turntry. Art is by Sydney Lodge. Join the conversation on social media at Phantom Nirvana.